Welcome to the Tuesday Review. Um, I'm Nathan, as always, joined by James and Callum. How are you going, guys? Hello. Yeah, greetings bad. from um, Middle Earth. Yeah, greetings from Middle Earth. We are on our third week of um, our Lord of the Rings trilogy and franchise discussion, talking yep. everything Lord of the Rings. This week with a focal point on Return of the King. Return of the King, the um, big just, boy. Just a, a couple of little uh, housekeeping notes before we begin. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize for last week's late upload, podcast upload, uh, because the ring's not the only thing that, that needs to get thrown into Mount Doom. <laughs> <laughs> so does yeah. our podcast host, Chad Engine. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, yeah, no, I think I've... I've I've rambled on long enough on this show about how hard it is to edit and upload the show and how I'm so busy with work and Nathan's I, had to take over. So I didn't, I yeah, but I didn't realize what you meant by oh, problems yeah. editing and uploading is just the upload button does nothing. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uploading part is a big part of the... <laughs> Yeah, that's a big part of the frustration. When you upload and you're like, oh, 100%, it just yeah. does nothing. But better late than never. Better late than never. Yeah. Anyway, you know, um, live yeah. and learn. This week, Return of the King, the big chonkers epic finale the, the one that boy. won all the academy awards <laughs> you know the the one everyone loves the one everyone I mean, talks yeah, about the nerds should love them all equally They're well all yeah children. well that's actually something we'll talk about later how it's like my opinions have changed over yeah, the I mean, years having you know having just watched three of them over three weeks in succession like i don't think i could say that i love one more than the other really well, taken as a whole yeah i think we talked about it on one of the other reviews where they each offer something important to the trilogy yeah where fellowship sets everything they, up yeah, they, establishes the characters yeah. in the world um, two towers kind of sets the stakes, the stakes yeah. you know like the, it shows what the war actually is and what it means for the people in middle earth yeah and return of the king as the we'll payoff. talk about um resolves the arcs and delivers all the payoffs yeah yeah i mean that's why it's a perfect trilogy yeah i mean and as it was written it's written as one book but yeah split into you, three. and you need each of the ingredients to Filmed make as perfect one movie. Pie. yeah uh, and that's a, that's a thing which we've reiterated a lot it takes a lot to make a bad movie, you take people. People will work so hard to make a bad movie, and you know when a movie's great, it's like every every little piece has to fall in place perfectly, yeah. you know. And so for these for these for this trilogy to have worked the way it did, once in a lifetime. Yeah, it's just every every little piece yeah. had to fall into place, and it did, and that's it's a truly amazing thing. Um, one thing I really want to quickly talk about is the the color of the movie because we talked about how great it looks and the set design the costume and we were just talking off air about you know things we always talk about on air <laughs> but you know like and how like you know modern modern b movies even big budget movies like they just don't look good anymore you yeah know, like like your 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 standard Steven Seagal. Yeah, for context, we, we were yeah. discussing um, Disney Plus on Star now has Mark for Death with Steven Seagal. Why? <laughs> because they can, I guess. And they're right. Um, but, you know, but, like, and, and I don't know if it's Star or it's because the movie, like, you know. Yeah, it would have been a Fox. It, just, it would have been a Like Fox all movie. treasures, yeah. it has been faithfully restored. <laughs> so those of us who love Steven Seagal <laughs> but, continue to enjoy his work. But that's the thing. Even like crappy action movies or B movies from the 80s and 90s, it's like they just looked better. They were filmed on film. They were, the lighting's better. They were shot in locations or on sets. They were, had this cool smoky atmosphere. Even the bad ones still have something. It's still yeah. fun to yeah. look at. I suppose yeah. when, you're on, when you're using film, 
you kind of there's not you can do after like the post production work. Yeah. You could still do stuff in post, but you can't do all the modern trickery that people yeah, do now. I think now like movies it's because of all the green screen and, and the 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 digital cameras are so cheap and easy to use. It's like you know, especially with B movies, but even with big bigger budget movies, it's like they just don't look that good anymore. They look kind of flat and ugly. Yeah. And oftentimes, which is what I wanted to talk about, oftentimes a lot of modern movies, they have this grey, brown, ugly, flat, yeah. dull look to them. And it's a deliberate choice, like to make things co- look cool and gritty. Even the big fantasy movies. Like I was thinking of that crappy Clash of the Titans movie that came out yep. about five, ten years ago. Yeah, that yeah. Yep. No one saw. And it was crap. But it's like, that's a big epic fantasy yep. movie with, you know, yeah, crazy yeah. stuff it going on. It all looks the same. It was all yeah. brown and grey. Yeah. And, and in contrast, you get the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which, as we discussed, looks so amazing. Vibrant. And there's was, colours. Yeah. Even, even in dark but, scenes, there's still like, there's a blue yeah, exactly. or there's a colour. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like, it, these movies came out just at the end, you know, the early 2000s, just at the end of like, things, digital digital photography was still new but some films were starting to use that cgi was a thing but you know a lot more films are starting so lord of the rings is really that end point of like a really good looking shot on film most excuse me mostly practical um yeah, obviously, like as we said last week, lots of still CG, lots of CGI, still lots of green screen, but, yeah, but shot they and did as much sets, as they could. Exactly, yeah. the proper sets, sets the lighting, made, yeah, yeah, just it looks so nice. And the color, like we're watching it on the projector, you know, the 4K, you know, restoration, yeah. and just there was the bit at the start where you show um, uh, Gollum's origin story or backstory (laughs) and the grass yeah the grass and callum was like wow the grass it was so green and keep in mind right the the 4k uh versions of the films which are the ones we're talking about in our reviews yeah they were mastered uh for use with dolby vision yeah which we don't um which we don't even have yeah so we're watching so you can imagine in a substandard way still 4k but we don't have the extra pop yeah that you're supposed to have if you had a fifty thousand dollar setup yeah, yeah, it'll or, look yeah. even better if that's possible. It is possible. Or a reasonably cheap TV that yeah. has Dolby Vision. Well, yeah, as long as you got the, the yeah. Dolby so, Vision. So uh, we're exclaiming about how wonderful it looks exactly. when that's not even the best it can yeah. look. And like, because the, the theatrical versions on Blu-ray that came out 10 or so years ago, they, they were a bit more vibrant in color. And then the uh, extended versions on Blu-ray were they changed the color grading a bit it's a bit more muted and the new 4k version which uh, which we watch is kind of in between um peter jackson kind of tried to make all the all the hobbit movies and all the lord of the rings movies have a uniform kind of look to it yeah which i don't agree with and is the the most uh closest to the george lucas thing as as he got <laughs> Um, it's not a huge deal breaker, and I think if he really wanted, if he he, he should have made the Hobbit movies look like the Lord of the Rings movies, yeah. and not tried to make <laughs> them all look the same. Um, but even then, like the movie still looks fantastic, and the color is still really vibrant and pops yeah. out. And you know, like we, as we discussed, like the movies now, even the big colorful Marvel movies, yeah, it, they just kind of look flat and boring. It doesn't have that vibrancy that like old eighties 
yeah, you fantasy know, I'm movies, thinking about some, movies have. I'm thinking about some of the big action scenes from Endgame and Infinity yeah. War. And there is a lot of dark, like there's a lot of grey. Yeah, and, and there's a lot like of that. browns and like it does, like, yeah, there's... You do get scenes of colour. Yeah. But like some of the big action pieces, they yeah. are very kind and of... And because of the CGI and the green screen and the yeah. digital photography and the way they light it and, you know, they have to do the effects and uh, that, it, it all kind of layers and it kind of just becomes flat and dull. Yeah, even um, even Thor, Love and... Not Love and Thunder. What's the... Uh, oh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Ragnarok um, that's the one they tried to make the, the most <clears throat> colourful. The most sort of yeah, yeah it pops, 80s yeah. metal, like colourful, extreme. And even then. Even then, it still yeah. looks a bit flat because all the CG they use, all the tech the in di- it. Yeah, it's the way they photograph yeah. things now. It's just not yeah. the same. Um, even that, that had the most colour of pretty much all the Marvel movies. Yeah. And it still looked kind of the it same. It doesn't have the depth yeah. of like... No. And, you know, Mark by Mark for Death, Steven Seagal, whatever it is called. Um, yeah. It looks very nice. <laughs> yeah, looks the, very the, nice. yeah, movies like that just look better. When, <laughs> it shouldn't. Yeah, when everything was just smoky and neon and it's like, yeah, cool. It's just like, <laughs> you know, but yeah, the Lord of the Rings movies do just... They, they look good. That, yeah. it, they just pop and they look so nice. And even with the 20-year-old CGI and green screen, there was never a moment where I was like, oh, this is really aged poorly you know it's because you've got that separation of there's still a lot of practical stuff and cg where yeah. nowadays it's all just pretty it's, much CG yeah we talked about with a little practical yeah we talked about it last week where it's it's because lord of the rings skews to the pra- mostly practical whereas most movies uh, now I, skew I think to the kind of, mostly cg we're kind of lucky that lord of the rings is such a like a, a middle ages kind of story yeah because the the costumes are complicated to make, but visually they look very simple in terms of the hobbits. It's kind of it's I guess so. relatively simple clothing that you don't need to CG yeah. augment. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. at, on the well, scale that they would for uh, say well, an Avengers movie. But, but, but we the... we talked about this off air about Cyborg in the Justice League. How the CGI <laughs> looks terrible. It was always going like to look terrible. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. It, it looks like one of the when you get a graphics card yeah. and it has that the, <laughs> yeah, the example yeah, yeah. on the box. You know. <laughs> But it's like, it doesn't matter how much money and time they spend on it. It always ends up looking that way because they have so much other CGI to do. Whereas we were like, if you did it practically, it might be a bit bulky or whatever. But as we discussed, it'll age better. better. And also, as we discussed before, if you do a combination of both, it ends up looking better. So if you you pad the actor a bit and make a few, but then you leave leave some... Yeah, room for CG, like, in, so he's got joints, so he can do stunts and, and this, move. The stuff on Cyborg's face could have been practical. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. For instance, I that's mean, something that we are focusing on a lot. It could have just for clo- been... and this is another thing. This oh man, anyway, we don't yeah, have a lot of back time. Back to Lord of the Rings. One thing really <laughs> quickly: when you do a close up of something, that's when you do the practical version. When you're doing a long shot, that's yeah. when you do the CG version. This is what Lord of the Rings does. This is what many great sci-fi fantasy films do. Now, everything's CGI. So, they do a super close-up, yeah. looks like terrible CGI. And it's like, well, you could have made a practical just for that, you know, yeah. just for those close-ups. That's that's what movie... That's how you make movies. You have a close-up thing. You have a, you have a, you have a rubber gun for stunts. You have a, a, a blank firing gun for when you need to shoot. Like, it's and not always the same gun, you know? Like, I, it's... it's movies are fake, everyone. It's a yeah. trick. Like, it's... You have to make... You know... The actor will have one T-shirt to get ripped, and then twenty other T-shirts that have s- uh, slightly different alterations of rips, and then one with yeah. a little bit of blood, one with more. You know, like that's. I think um, 
like I, I seem like movies these days are standard they cost a hundred million dollars to make and however much of that goes to CG I feel like you know what if if these film directors from the classic age 1930s 1940s yeah if someone gave them a hundred million dollars to make a movie <laughs> my god we'd get, they would explode we'd we that explode or we or we or we get or, the best movie yeah all or time. we'd get a Ben Hur every other week or you know <laughs> yeah, or yeah. we'd get a Gone with the Wind every other week whereas now you get these hundred million dollar movies it's like where did that money go yeah. you know you watch Lord of the Rings every penny is on screen you know yeah um so yeah. rambling on again as we do we should call this yeah, the, no, the Tuesday the, ramble the, <laughs> no but the, the the larger point is that we're lucky that the films were made when they were made because now we have yeah. we have this practicality to the film that you don't get yeah. in more modern it movies. It was right. It came out right at the right time of you had CGI to do the stuff that yeah. was good enough to do the stuff that you couldn't do practically, but mostly practical. And you had a director who, at the time, knew how to combine those elements yeah. and knew how to focus. Because like, uh, like especially like I said, the the costume design they did the best they could to make convincing costumes with what they oh, had yeah, because the, they had the ability the, to make simple costumes look convincing. Yeah, but even though the like story. the Rohan armor, which is so intricate and ornate, yeah. is just it's all beautiful. it's all like actually yeah. made. Yeah, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, no, it is, and even the orc armor. You know, like yeah. we see a lot of close-ups of the orcs as the movies go on and on and. The orc armor is so intricate, and there's just little yeah pe- bits and pieces and scratches, and it's so cool and detailed. It, it, yeah, it's just the yeah. There's so much going on. You can watch this movie over and over again, and just pause it and look look at a different yeah. thing and go look was at a different corner of the frame. The only thing I appreciate whatever. The only thing I yeah. of, was it possible that they CG'd some of the horse armor? Uh, or would they have attached? Like, they would have attached it. Maybe for some of the longer shots. Keep in mind, but mo- maybe when the horses got kicked by the elephants, maybe that was CG'd. Oh yeah, no, no the elephants were real. We established that uh, Peter Jackson <laughs> but, but shipped them in. Keep in mind, with movie magic, a lot of that horse armor might have been re- incredibly light. Oh yeah, that, that's it, the thing. Like, yeah, the, the horse armor wouldn't look, have been be as real. heavy as the chain. The chainmail yeah. is not real. They chain weren't mail. wearing real chainmail. <laughs> Gimli's not real. Oh, these movies suck. <laughs> that's not a real act. Yeah. <laughs> um. Even just like you know, you know when they do close-ups of the ring, that's like actually a really big ring, like a the size of a pizza or something. You know, like it's a really <laughs> yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah, like so it's just that's just movie magic, you know. And these movies, just, I wonder where the ring is right now. That <laughs> that, that giant house. one yeah. in a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm in right. one of those Indiana Jones boxes, <laughs> like in the warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, we got so much to talk about. What, yeah. what should we talk about? Well, I suppose... Uh, well, Smeagol. We should we, start from the start? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's start so from... The, the movie the, opens well, with... Let, yeah, let's start with Smeagol's... Um, origin. Origin. Yeah. Because we had some issues with it. Yeah. So, like, obviously we learn in the first two movies that Gollum at some point was a hobbit or hobbit-like yeah. creature. And we were kind of surprised to learn that this, in the books, this actually is told in Fellowship of the Ring. Which we all thought it would have been told in two yeah, towers. Well, well that, that that actually, you know, when I was talking about the adaptation last week, yeah. and it's like a lot of stuff happens in Fellowship that um, Peter Jackson moved to Return of the King, so it's more of like a it makes sen- it makes yeah, more like, sense like for like a film. epic reveal or something, that, yeah. you know, and ma- makes more sense for the movie. And of course, as we discussed, there are pure book purists who are like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, we were actually surprised but, to find out there's a fair few people who think the movies yeah. suck. But as we discussed, it's but when you're making a movie, you, you have, have to, to make change sort of thing. And in that case, like I think he did a pretty good job. Oh yeah. Um, 
but yeah, and we 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 see at the start of Return of the King, um, like the cold open, if you can call it that, we see uh, Gollum in his original Hobbit form, he uh, Smeagol. Yeah, with his cousin, cousin Deagle. Deagle. Yeah, and they're fishing because we we learned that Gollum uh, or Smeagol was one of the river Hobbit river yep. folk. Um, and he's a hobbit, and they're fishing, and the bro- the cousin falls in, finds the ring, and uh, Smeagol gets overcome with he obsessed with having the ring, like a lust. Yeah, and mm. he it's kills. It's my birthday. Give us yeah, a precious. Yeah, blah, 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 and he blah. kills his cousin over it, and it's a great opening scene, and I still remember seeing it for for the first time in the cinema when I was younger, and you know just incredible. And then you see his the montage of the transformation over the i'm assuming hundreds of years yeah of him slowly becoming more emaciated and yeah. sickly and his hair falling out the, and, like the degeneration yeah and then yeah. finally he becomes golem um and it's great except we all had the same problem which is andy circus who plays smeagol golem and who plays his the human hobbit form um He's still doing the squeaky The voice Gollum doesn't change, voice. yeah. But I guess that the, now, the idea was maybe Peter Jackson was like, maybe people won't connect those thoughts yeah, unless I give yeah. him the exact and same that's voice. That's what we're thinking is, uh, were they just thinking that people were that's the dumb, dumb? That's the audience's dumb and, reaction. Yeah, but my, the studio my, other, yeah, my yeah. other problem is that they make Andy Serkis look kind of pale and sickly even as a normal hobbit. Yeah. And I don't like that idea. He should have been healthy. He should have been a healthy kind of round in the face. I know Andy Serkis is quite a thin, like thin-faced guy, but he should have been very red-cheeked. You know, like all the like other hobbits. Hobbit. Yeah, all exactly. the other hobbits. Yeah. He should have been a very normal hobbit who is slowly corrupted by the ring and becomes that, that creature. creature. Including Instead the voice. Of, yeah. Especially, and because of that, have that montage, you see him slowly becoming Gollum. He's like, he's coughing and he's all... Uh, you know, the color leaves his face. Yeah. And so it's very easy for them to show his normal voice becoming yeah, more squeaky. We, and We want to see the corruption from start to finish. Yeah. We don't like, I guarantee you it's a studio executive being like, but how audience is going to know it's the same character. And Peter Jackson just being like, especially well, what yeah, do you want me uh, to look, do about that it? That might be part of it, but I think it was also just a bad stylistic yeah. choice because like I said, why would they make his voice yeah, and he look because audience creepy is at the same It's interesting, time, right? Because like, this is like the only fault of the trilogy. I mean, that's 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 the thing is watching Return of the King, there's only a couple of moments where I was like, because all the other movies we were almost 100% fine with. Yeah. And then Return of the King, I think it's this moment and there might be one other moment I had a problem with later in the movie, I can't remember, that we had problems with. And it, it's so frustrating because Return of the King is so amazing. Yeah, the, only, I think the as, only other issue is the exclusion of the Sauron scene. And the, exc- uh, the the Sauron the death scene. Oh, Saruman's death. Yeah, and, which uh, I really Saruman, want to talk sorry. About. And yeah. the exclusion of the voice. Oh, the scene, mouth of Sauron. Which we'll yeah. get to later when we yeah. talk about this. So, of the excluded I mean, th- there's, a, there's a lot of stuff in Return of the King. Which should have been there. That yeah. they, but, but that I understand why they cut yeah. out. But there's one scene in particular. Have we finished talking about Gollum? Yeah. 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 So, this is, this is something I alluded to on the previous episodes and something I really wanted to talk about because it's my favorite scene in the whole trilogy. And this is something they cut out of the theatrical version, and it's only in the extended version. And it's a really, really important scene that 
should never have been cut. It's ridiculous that they cut it. Um, all the other scenes in Return of the King, or the other extended scenes, I understand why they cut them, and it's not a, it's a loss, but it's not a huge loss. This scene, uh, like, I don't know what Peter Jackson was thinking cutting this scene. I know he had a lot on his plate. He had a lot. The movie's long enough on its own in the theatrical version, but this scene needed to be in the theatrical yeah. version. And it's the Saruman's death scene. So, um, Gandalf and King Theoden and Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas return from Helm's Deep, the victory at Helm's Deep. They return to Isengard to find Merry um, and Pippin celebrating the Having tree. Having laid waste yeah, to the Isengard. Yeah, the tree and <laughs> victory um, at Isengard. And in the theatrical version, it's a, it's a goddamn sin what happens. The, one one of them says, what about Saruman? And Gandalf's like, he has no power anymore. He's safe locked in his tower. Cut to Pippin finds the... What's the crystal ball called? Uh, Palantir. The Palantir. Saruman's crystal ball, the Palantir. Pippin finds it in the water, in the flood of Isengard. Gandalf grabs it. Next scene. Crime against cinema. In the In the extended cut is my favorite scene in the whole trilogy which is they get to Isengard and a, a they're like, yeah, they're like, what about Saruman? And Saruman appears on the t- the top of the tower, the, uh, the Isengard tower, and he's yelling down at them saying, you think you won, you have no idea how powerful Saruman is, he's going to crush you. And uh, Grima Wormtongue, who I mentioned last week, played by Brad Dorff, is so good. Um and he comes up and, and he's like looking at the devastation and he's crying. And if I remember correctly, Brad Dorff can cry on command because he's just one of those awesome <laughs> actors. He's just he's in my favorite episode of X-Files, the one where he plays the serial killer who can communicate with uh, Scully's dead father. Beyond the Sea. That's my favorite. Uh, Brad Dorff is in my favorite uh, X-Files episode. Anyway, so... Brad Dorff plays Wormtongue, and Wormtongue, who helped Saruman, is up there on the tower with him, and he sees the devastation, and he's, like, crying, and King Theoden is, like, you know, Grima, you know, Wormtongue, um, you were once a man of Rohan, you know, come down, and Saruman is, like, uh, you know talking smack and like throwing fireballs down at um, yeah. Gandalf who's deflecting him and and it's a really tense and Theoden's giving this big speech about you know the people of the men of Middle Earth will rise up and Saruman's like no 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 um, and then uh, Grima Wormtongue like pulls out a dagger and stabs uh, Saruman in the back and Legolas uh, shoots Grima um uh, with his arrow, and then Saruman falls and dies, or, and like gets spiked on like a it's like the despawns uh, water, water wheel, <laughs> yeah, what yeah. do you call it? Um, and and then he out of his cloak falls the Palantir, Palantir into the water, and it's a really epic scene and just yeah. so well done and so emotionally powerful and you know epic in terms of its action and magic. It's all it's everything all in one. Yeah. Um, in the theatrical and, version, they're like, oh look. Yeah, it's, it it's just like Saruman's fine. He's locked in his in his bedroom. Just uh, let's move on. Yeah, I like the penalty. But it's <laughs> it's also because Saruman is such a major villain. Yeah, for him to just be defeated off screen and then you don't see him again, it's like what? 
And I'm like, you could have cut out any other section. I would have rather they cut out the elephant, like the big elephant action scene, and left this in. Because it's a character moment. Exactly. If Peter Jackson really had to trim down the movie, this is not a scene he should have cut. Because you can trim action... Like you can shorten, yeah. you can shorten action sequences, but you shouldn't cut these character the moments, important, especially yeah. when they round especially, off the characters up. Especially, yeah, when it's a, the the important payoff to Saruman's, yeah, arc. Um, and also this is something t- I alluded to, in I think the first episode we did, but we were talking about how Christopher Lee is this veteran actor and you know was knowledgeable about Lord of the Rings and was friends with. J.R. Tolkien and was uh, a like special forces soldier in World War Two, around crazy badass, and yeah. just a really cool guy. And there's this story which probably many people have heard, but I want to tell it because it ties into this scene, which is my favorite scene, and ties into how awesome and badass Christopher Lee is. Is it about Christopher it's, Lee telling uh, that's not how a kid yeah, sounds when you kill someone? Yeah. yeah. So so there's a scene where Grima Wormtongue s- stabs um, uh, Saruman in the back. And Peter Jackson's giving Christopher Lee, who plays Saruman, direction, saying this is how, you, you know, you have to gasp and then you have to... And then Christopher Lee's like, I killed Nazis in World War II. I know how what it sounds like when you stab someone and the, like, <laughs> breath leaves their body. <laughs> He's like, just let me do it. And so in the movie, like, you know, Wormtongue stabs him and you, Christopher Lee just goes like... And like, it's... Oh, I was just like, knowing the story behind that, yeah. watching, watching the movie, you're like, yeah, he got stabbed. But well, knowing the story, it's like, oh man, it makes it so much better. And it's the best, my favorite scene in the whole trilogy. And I can't even watch it without watching, you know, I'm obviously, like we said, I'm only going to be watching the extended versions from now on, but it's a disappointing that you can't see that important scene otherwise, really. Yeah. Arguably, it's one of the most important scenes. Yeah. Um, and it leads into the Palantir, which Pippin... Uh, go grabs yeah, and then the and Gandalf's like, don't touch that, you know. That's dirty. And of course, you know, I, I believe it's a way to communicate directly with Sauron. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, and he can. Yeah, he, he, has, is, he has. He has. like um. Gaze into it. Vis- uh, what do you call it? Visions of yeah of the future or whatever. Um. Before we move on, I completely forgot. And tr- this is the only scene Treebeard's in, in uh, Return of the King. And like I said, he's my favorite. And last week I talked about uh, finding a so that's tree what's beard. In the box. Yeah, uh, James bought, James bought a, a mysterious Amazon box into yeah, the studio. Yeah, I, I almost forgot about it. So I it came it came a couple of days ago. I'll take a photo for the socials. Yeah, it's my tree beard. Can you can you see it? Yeah, um, we're taking a photo. Dead air. <laughs> it looks good though. It's, yeah. it's, oh, it's man. a uh, fairly so, large. So it's the Return of the King packaging, and yep. uh, instead of the um, two, two towers. towers one, and it was brand new and sealed, and I it almost killed me, but I had to do it. I had to open it. Oh, now I know I, I know it's worth I, you know I know it's worth probably a lot more than I pay for it, and it'll be worth more in the future. But I was like, I can't keep it in the box. Man. No, I have to no. I have to take it out. So I cut it open. It took me. Took me a while to get out. It's about not. It's about nine or so inches, maybe ten inches with the um, the yeah. leaves and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's really nice, uh, really detailed. Like like I said in the where, last couple of weeks. Where did you end up finding it? eBay. eBay. Yeah, very got, good. Uh, someone had one, um, and yeah, it it has a 
arm throwing action. So you you uh, <laughs> if you have to destroy your house and yeah, and so yeah. and his 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 hands um uh, open and close, so you can put a rock in his hand or a and then th- throw it. Yeah, yeah or, or, or yeah, we can pick up a hobbit. It's just it's really nice, and it's got the um the kind of glassy eyes. Yeah, you know, so it that's looks, really cool, man. Yeah, may I have a look? You may look. I know this is great that podcasting. Is, that is, yeah, <laughs> that is very cool. So we'll but it's something we, yeah. But it's just so nice. Like, uh, they don't make toys. Yeah, that's like what I was saying. They don't make yeah. toys anymore. It's like I remember one time we were having this discussion about Star Wars. Yeah. And uh, you were like, "Where have all the toys gone?" I said, "Apps." That, exactly. Yeah, they're like, apps and when now they do, when they do make toys, they're just they're cheap probably cheap crap. because they know they're not going to sell as many. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like less cheaper materials. Yeah. Not as interesting functionality. Yeah, yeah that's really well but like, built too. Yeah, and it's got all like the individual le- the rubber leaves on the on his yeah. head, and you know he's got his beard. It's just yeah, really nice figure. Yeah. Um, um, while, while we play with this toy for a little bit, we're gonna have a quick ad break. You are back on the Tuesday review, um, and uh, we've been talking about Lord of the Rings with a focus on Return of the King this week. Yes. Um, we were just playing with James's yes. new tree beard mm. figure in the studio during our sponsorship break. Um, but now we're back on to the topic yeah. of so Callum wants to start, start us off with the legacy of men. Yeah, so uh, not 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 men is in the gender. Uh, men is yeah, in the race the because race. Middle Earth, as you Mankind. all know, yeah. uh, is comprised well, of humankind. Quite, quite a few different races, uh, mainly being hobbits, dwarves, and elves, elves and humans. And men, yeah. Uh, otherwise, men with a capital. In the in the books, it's men with a capital, but uh, they're called the what is it? The Dunedain. Uh, yeah. It's like the it's like the the, the race we're going to be talking about yeah. now. So Aragorn, uh, played by Viggo Mortensen, yeah, uh, who embodies the character completely. Oh yes. So um, there's a couple of different. Technically, would there be a couple of different races of men? Yeah. So there, you have. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, from what I understood, and I'm not sure, but I always assumed that there was the the was it the Duna Duna the Dun- There's the Duna Dane who, who are like the the. F- I call them the first men, even yeah, though that's, yeah, that's Game right, of Thrones terminology. Yeah, but it's no, like, and then descended from them are normal men. So but keep in mind, because or is Aragorn, it just bloodline stuff. Yeah, because Aragorn is directly descended from them, and Isidor, Isidor, is Ildor. He um he continues he carries to the magic carry genes, that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas by you know by the end you know by a few hundred years after the movie no, they no they won't exist anymore yeah. sort of thing. So the Dunedain, uh which means men of the west yep uh were a race of men with a capital M descended from the Numenorians who survived the sinking of their island kingdom and came to Eriador which is the main continent. Yeah. So my assumption is that the there would have been habitable races in Eriador which were not of the Numenorians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which could be the reason why there's so few Numenorians left. Yeah. Um, they settled in Gondor, which is where Aragorn comes from, yeah. and a couple other places. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, obviously we're not talking uh, experts, experts yeah. or historians, so please take what we say more or less with a grain of salt. Mm. But um, the reason that the Numenorians or, or Dunedain are special is because they essentially had a closer connection to the gods. Mm. So in the Silmarillion, uh, I believe they had like a temple they could communicate directly to like the heavens with. Mm. Uh, and they were also capable of magical feats, whereas, of course, the humans in the Lord of the Rings movies we see yeah. certainly can't. No, uh, The only people to use magic are the, the wizards, yeah. the elves. Elves have, yeah. In a limited capacity, the elves. Yeah. And technically, Aragorn, towards the end of the book, he's like, I, end of the movie? Or does it, is that just in the uh, books? I think that's the book. 
He heals. He can heal people at the end yeah, of the book. That's the book. The, the, um, this it's is referenced in the yeah, film, but this, it's this not is shown. basically supplementary stuff that's not in the movie. Yeah, it's, it's just an explanation yeah. of the. So the he's Aragorn is the last of these these men of the West. Yeah. Uh, because of his bloodline. Yeah. Because uh, essentially we learn in Two Towers that he's eighty-seven years old, despite you know having the appearance of like a forty and vitality of like also you know, forty old. or so. Yeah. Um, and essentially his return signifies the return of. Like the noble man, yeah, to like the high seat of power, yeah. But it also symbolizes the age of man coming, yeah. So in the there's an idea in the the Lord of the Rings movies and the books that like the elves have had their time, yeah, and that time is now coming to yeah. an end. Magic and elves are going out of yeah. out of the world, and the time of men is coming. now. If I'm, I think I'm correct in saying that the Lord of the Rings, while it's fictitious, it's supposed to technically be. Like a tale from Earth's older history. That's what I always assume. That's what I assume. That I could be wrong. Because because I always assume when they say the age of men is coming is what they're what they're alluding to, or potentially what Tolkien was alluding to, was that the present day. Yeah, a time like without we, magic. Yeah, we are in the time of men. Like the only race we know of are the human race. We there we we don't have elves. We don't have ma- dwarves and magic. So when he says the time of men. Obviously, Middle Earth doesn't uh, doesn't match, you know, Earth's geography or history. No. But, yeah, but it's like a time. Shift, it's like it's a okay. time before memory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that's I always assumed what Tolkien was getting at. And again, this is just an assumption. I'm not an expert. Um, I always assumed what he was getting at is that all our uh, legends and fairy tales and so on come from a real place. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's all. Of course, it's all fake. No, but yeah, like the idea is the idea was like that Middle Earth this, exist, He found this yeah, text that and Middle he's Earth translating existed, it. And then the Age of Men started, and we forgot because magic yeah. went out. And and but now all like it's our, not based off. It's not based off any one group of people. It's just like a yeah. ficti- completely fictitious prehistory. Yeah. Now, so the the reason we mention this is because when Aragorn returns to the the seat of power, yeah, it, it also signifies the the downfall of Sauron and the destruction of the Ring. Like yeah. that all happens around the same era. So one of the reasons Sauron is so scared of Aragorn is because if he returns to the throne, the Age of Men begins, yeah. and the magic goes out of the world, and he and of course Sauron himself is essentially a wizard. Yeah. The same as Gandalf. Yeah. Um, and the Saruman, the, the yeah. other blue Astari and so on. Yeah. Um, uh, more powerful, uh, but yeah. still one of the same. So if if magic goes out of the land, yeah. that weakens his and connection to Middle Earth. This is why the elves in the previous two movies are leaving and going to the Undying Lands because they sense that their time's coming to a close. Yeah. Uh, which of course this close occurs in Return of the King. Yeah. So when the the ring symbolizes magic in like mainly negative magic but it yeah. also we can think of it as symbolizing magic as a whole yeah right so when frodo chucks the ring in mount doom mm. that's it it's all done yeah like the, the power of the ring's gone yeah. nobody can pick it up and use it for yeah. good or bad it's hold over people that's right and then of course the elves go to the gray havens yeah uh, at the end of the film yeah which symbolizes them departing like yeah. the real physical earth yeah like the gray havens technically exists but it, you can't reach it by yeah. normal human means yeah um, so yeah, so this 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 arc, this this ending, of obviously it happens in the last film because yeah. you can't have a no, film yeah. after the end. Yeah. 
But uh, that's what all that's what makes this film so special is that it's resolving these really heavy themes that are explored through the first two films as well. Yeah, because you see elves departing in fellowship. You, you exactly. hear people talk about it through yeah. two, the both of the movies. Yeah, uh, and the books as well. Yeah, you see the elves leaving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and this, it ties in with Arwen and and the, Aragorn's the relationship. Yeah, and she decides to stay, and that that ends up almost killing her. Yeah. And I'm sure over time, Aragorn, like the, the the power of the bloodline would also diminish as well. Yeah. It would weaken with every generation. Yeah. Assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so the, the, my point is that the the arcs are so deep in this trilogy. Yeah. That, that that's what, like, a lot, uh, it won all the awards for a start. It's, nobody ever thought Return was the weakest of the movies. No. But that, that, that but also... That, yeah, that was also, also was like a trilogy. Yeah, it retroactively makes the other two movies stronger. Yeah. Because there's such satisfying payoff. Yeah. Whereas you look at... I hate to bring it up. You look yeah. at Star Wars. Yeah. Because, like, it, crazy, we didn't particularly like any of the Star Wars uh, yeah, re- uh, the new sequel ones, movies. Yeah. But you look at the, the payoffs in... Right, the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Well, it's it's the Game of Thrones thing where it's like it doesn't well, matter a, how strong better, the first few seasons are. If yeah. your last seasons suck, the whole thing is going to retroactively be tainted. Yeah. And if Return of the King let everyone down, then the, yeah, the first two movies are great, but it it's it, kind of yeah, it kind of lets taint, the breath out of it. it yeah, retroactively ruin the the first two. Like the Expendables. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> those are, those are completely different because you can watch you can watch them in any you can, order, you, can, you know. But the you, third one was the weakest, and it sucks. Yeah, but that's, but yeah, that's not really. Yeah, that um, doesn't really apply. But yeah, it, it, I mean, Return of the King had had almost. Ha- I mean, I guess fellow. I mean, they all have their heavy lifting to do, but Return of the King almost had the most. Yeah. Yeah. I guess fellowship. I mean, they all they all had. Yeah, their, but what I was saying yeah. before, they all have their 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 task. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Return of the King, like, like worked like. Uh, 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 sticking the, the landing, is yeah, sometimes the, landing, the hardest part. But it's part. like it it blew everyone's face off. Like, cause yeah. you can imagine how excited everyone was when Two Towers came out, and like, oh, the next one's coming out, the last one's coming out. And I remember Return of the King was just the biggest thing of that year. Oh, yeah, you know, just uh, incredible. Um. Uh, well, I mean, also, let's talk about the sort of, I guess, the symbolism or allegories in the movie as well, um, while we're still live. Because, uh, uh, look, uh, this is, a, I will say, a, popularly, a popular, popularly dismissed theory mm. that the movies are somewhat based on his experiences. Oh, uh, J.R. Tolkien. Yeah, the author, um, his experiences in World War One. Yeah, one. Um, at the, the Somme, Somme, yeah. Um, and sort of it deals with some issues of, you know, we'll say the terror of war and other things. And more broadly, the sort of the, the movies also deal with, I guess, moving on from a more peaceful type of existence. Yeah, um, the hobbits because, are used to... And trauma, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. before, pre-World War One, I, I guess, war, we'll say war's always been terrible, but it wasn't as brutal. Yeah. Wasn't um, as it wasn't big. as big. It wasn't yeah. as yeah. big. It wasn't as deadly. Not as many there men no, would have died. There yeah. were no Gatling guns, no trenches. Well, it, that's actually something I want to talk about. How last week we were talking about with Isengard, how Saruman is uh, industrializing his his uh, army, and how we were like, oh, it's the man versus nature thing. But I think it definitely ties into the whole mechanized death. Yeah, because the, the the industrialized warfare of that World War One brought. But yeah, and because we have to keep in mind, these books were written over a hundred years. Well, he not they weren't written over a hundred years ago. He his experiences were 
you know, yeah, he's experiencing World War One, um, yeah. and so like he he would have grown up in a time that's very different from. Yeah, he would when have seen urbanization play yeah. out in front of his yeah. eyes and pretty so, quickly. Uh, uh, there's there's an argument to be made aside from all the war, all the war stuff. That yeah. a lot of that the sort of you know the Treebeard stuff, the Isengard stuff, the yeah. modernization. It's an allegory to modernization. Yeah, and even magic, but even also, magic leaving yeah. Middle Earth. It's the same thing. Like back like in the modernization, but it's also it's like innocence yeah. leaving. But also, as well. but also in terms of warfare, like it's the first time you know World War One was the first time you had tanks and machine guns and planes, yeah. you know, and it's like it's. This, like I think, you know, well, uh, Lord of the Rings is like, even though he, uh, Tolkien probably would deny it, and uh, Tolkien scholars would probably deny it, it definitely his experiences one hundred percent would have seeped through. They bled like, in. I remember we talked to. about this when we were watching it, and I said it's unfortunately it's not up to him. Yeah. Uh, in the Sub- sense, that yeah, subconsciously the, this yeah, would have had like to things, have life. Life bleeds into art. Yeah. Whether that's movies, books stage plays it doesn't matter yeah you're the way you write a story yeah. that comes from you and you are just an amalgamation of your memories and experiences yeah so it's like you know the the war the stuff in the war yeah of course it made it in yeah the, the, that scene in the books and the films where they're walking through the swamp and there's dead the soldiers dead marshes yeah it's got to be like, no man's the psalm was yeah. one of the like the dirtiest most horrible parts of the first world war yeah. and the the spotlight so, of the tower exactly it's all yeah. it's all in there whether he meant it or not yeah and and we we were discussing how like you know um frodo is so affected by his experience yeah you know he's got the wound that won't heal yeah, or much that like soldiers hurts. did yeah and he he's just he's never the same. And yeah. so at the end, he decides to go with the elves and Bilbo as well. Um, they go. They decide to go with the elves to yeah. uh, the Undying Lands, the Grey Havens. So it's like we are this discussion about PTSD, which yeah. you know ba- back in you know they probably didn't in the know fifties too much about is like I guess there was shell shock, but they didn't really know it, a lot yeah, about, about it. And it wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't yeah. yeah. It, when the when the books came out though in the fifties, you know, like uh, you know, it wasn't treated seriously no. or it wasn't known a lot about. They didn't so, talk about it either. They they it was so one of those things where you didn't talk about exactly. And that's something I wanted to say is like Tolkien. Like, like he, he, like Nathan. I think me and you were having this discussion a long time ago off air. Like, there's a generation of you know people who fought in World War One, World War Two. Horrible things happen. They just don't talk about it. It's just like no. it's just an agreed upon thing, an unspoken thing. And you, you just don't talk about. It's it. easy for Tolkien and or he or you know to deny. Yeah, the, and a lot. But of, a why lot would of, he want to confront it? A too, lot of exactly. yeah, a lot of people who went to war then wrote books, made movies made songs whatever that 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 definitely bled through into the work and they would deny that it Look, had anything to do especially and what we're saying is it's just it, sub subconsciously it, it has had to. has to especially his generation that stiff upper lip yeah uh, kind of mentality yeah he wouldn't talk about it even if it you know the closest yeah. i can come to is robert graves with his his memoir yeah goodbye to all that and he talks terrible things him and Tolkien, because they were the similar generation, mm. World War One, they saw and did terrible things. Yeah. Like horrible, nightmarish things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like rats eating people in the yeah. trenches. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So it's like, you want to tell me that doesn't make its way into your world? Yeah. When there's a war even, going yeah, on. Yeah, even if you're making a magical fantasy, you know, yeah. uh, fun adventure, yeah. there's definitely, there's, there's parallels that can't be not denied. Now, of course... It, it might not always be super intentional and no. some things some things people claim are just way off base 
Like, obviously, not everything in the movie no. is about... Like, people say no. the one ring Tol- is the atom yeah. bomb. I'm like, no, no it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Tolkien hated metaphor. So, yeah. that's why I am I think that he genuinely didn't feel like his experience has bled into the book. Yeah. But like we said, some things are not yeah, up to Yeah, but the you. fact that Frodo comes back and he's completely he, changed and things aren't yeah, the same Yeah, that's right. Anymore. He never came like, back from the war yeah, kind exactly, of thing. Exactly, yeah. Like, um, that, that can't be a coincidence. The only metaphor that I've read that I like, which I think is completely fake, but I like it anyway, yeah. is the elves leaving is like, there's no more innocence in the world. We already know how everything in the well, world works. Th- that's what I was going to say, is that that I think plays into the war as well. It's like, you, you come back from war, and it's like, the magic has gone out of... That's right, thing. but it's also the like... The innocence it's also, it's also has like gone com- out. It's like the complete understanding of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the elves represent yeah. mystery and magic. Yeah, and, 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 and it's like, now it's the time for science and being and an yeah. adult. And and that's yeah. that's yeah. probably completely fake. But it's one yeah. that I think it's has a grain of truth to and it in well, the sense that elves represent to- these things. probably spinning in his grave right now, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we're, we're trying to be respectful of... No, but, but like and, said, and it's, it's, it's like also... Said, that's completely wrong, but I still like it. Yeah. But it's a message of the books as a whole as well. Because like when the bo- you know when he was a young man, as we said, he would have grown up slightly pre into major industrialization and stuff like yeah. that, right? Um, and like, especially with the magics going away, right? Yeah. He would have seen magic in his youth. You know, people still believed in a lot of that sort of, um, yeah. you know, those herb, like those myths Fairy. and those, yeah. f- like they believed in fairies and yeah. they had traditions and he would have seen that go. Yeah. Whereas yeah. As the, the, war the, and modernization and industrialization maybe, yeah. led to the radio, more, television, radio, television. Yeah. There was less time for those traditional, like yeah. uh, magical beliefs or so. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I think it's a whole big... His experiences in war, his experiences growing up from what was probably, if he didn't grow up in the city, a hobbit-like village, possibly. Or his parents might have had, a, like, a smaller yeah, village. Yeah, the country towns, yeah. The country, country towns town, at the time would have been very traditional. You know, it, yeah. Like, going uh, going to London would have taken a, a few days, you know? It would have been a trip yeah. pre, pre-1900. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, I think the whole thing, like, that magic's going away, you know, like, the industrialization argument, I think you can make that. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with the like words of it. We're, and, don't get me wrong. We're yeah. wrong. Yeah. We're, wrking, we're, just, yeah. we're, we're just talking, no, we're just talking we rubbish don't know what we're talking studio. about. We, we don't know what we're yeah. talking <laughs> about. Yeah. But uh, you have to understand that in all, these things, in all these things, there's also a grain of truth because that's the way stories are told. Yeah. And also, at the end of the day, even if it is just a simple magical fantasy adventure, it works on both planes. Like That's it, right. It doesn't, it, it doesn't negate the, the one or the other. I, you know, I believe there's a... Well, what we're doing is essentially speculating in, yeah. a, in a what they call like postmodern idea of truth. Yeah. Everyone has what, their own what, idea we're trying of to truth explain, and what's real. We're I, trying to explain why the curtain's blue. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Now, I do believe that our, like, our idea of this postmodern idea of truth has its limits. Yeah. But I think that when you're deconstructing a story guess, like Lord of the Rings, yeah. like like I said, like certain things are baked in yeah. and, and it's you same, can't, you know, Tolkien can say no, yeah. but at the same time, Things can represent things it's and you also, not be aware it's of It's also them. an interesting exercise in taking something from a time that is so different from a t- the time we're living in now. You know, something from the 50s, taking it now and you're looking at it through a modern lens. It's like last week we talked about with the female characters, you know, representation and so on. It's like we're looking at it at such a different time from a different yeah. angle. And it's interesting to look back on things and appreciate them for the time they were made in and appreciate them when they still work in today's, you know, world. Yeah. And 
but it's also it's an interesting thing to sort of think think of like well how would have this gone differently if it was made now you know or like how how does this relate to modern times even though it wasn't specifically yeah written to be about that sort of thing you know so it's yeah. it's an interesting exercise a thought experiment you know if you it's want. just a good discussion too yeah even if we're 100 percent, we're most likely oh yeah yeah know, we're way off know, all, all the all the <laughs> preeminent uh s- s- tolkien scholars yeah, would say we're just full of rabbit we're talking <laughs> crap yeah but it's but, one of those things where the, all these people who would you know so very easily tell us we don't know what we're talking about yeah. and we, like i said earlier yeah, we're, we're not know. experts we don't also probably fall into the same group of people who don't like the movies so yeah. that's an interesting thing to talk about. I is, think it, and yeah. Don't get me wrong, you do lose a lot in the translation. Yeah. So, you know, in the movies, for example, people will just start singing. You don't get that in, in, the, this, in the books. In yeah, the books, you don't yeah. get this. In the movies, uh, you know, they, they, they yeah. rearrange things. Oh, can we... Oh, sorry. I was, no. You mentioned songs. Can we talk about Pippin? Yes. Because Pippin, I'm, I'm, I alluded to this in the last couple of episodes, Pippin goes from the comic relief. Pippin and Mary go from comic relief. Then they have some stuff to do in... Two Towers with Treebeard, and then in Return of the King... The boys go to war. Exactly. And it's like, you know, Frodo and Sam were in it from the beginning, but it's like now Merry and Pippin are now getting in the real thick of it. It's interesting because Frodo and Sam's journey to war... It's a lot different. It's different. It's yeah. like the, the, it's more of like man versus nature, they're, whereas yeah. they're just trying to survive with limited yeah. resources hiding their in like part, a tough yeah, landscape. Their, their part in the journey is much different. Yeah, theirs, is, theirs reminds me more of Vietnam, which is, of course, way oh, before yeah. way before Lord of the Rings, uh, way right after, after Lord of yeah, the Rings. Yeah. But it's like they have like a Vietnam experience, yeah. whereas Mary and Pippin have a more traditional Perhaps, uh, yeah. wartime experience where yeah. it's, it's them with equipment fighting bad guys yeah. one-on-one. But yeah, because like, I, I like how Pippin goes, you know, his journey and Mary too, but like I like how Pippin eventually gets to Gondor, and um, Denethor, the steward of Gondor, who can since since the such blo- a good bad guy. Yeah, since since the since the bloodline's been broken, and you know Gondor, which used to be the biggest, most epic kingdom of men, yeah, most important, most influential. Ha- hasn't have it hasn't had a king yeah. for I, I think a hundred hundreds of years yeah and is just kind of meandering and surviving and Denethor who is you know the leader um uh, the appointed leader I guess and who is Boromir and Faramir's father is just a real piece of work um and he's very um what's the word when slimy yeah but also when you just care about like you're Not selfish, yeah. self-involved, but yeah. but also like he just cares about the the white city of Gondor, and he's like all the all the all those orcs amassing. He's like that's that's not that's for their us. Problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has blinders on. Yeah, yeah, and he's kind of like it's not a big deal. We've got Osgiliath, which is the out, outer city, the which which yeah. will, which will um which will if we protect Osgiliath from falling to the orcs, he's like we'll be fine. And he sends Faramir out there, which is where in the second movie where they capture, where they bring Frodo and Sam. Um, and yeah, and Pippin goes to Gondor with, because he, he picics up the, what's it, uh, the Palantir? Palantir, yeah. yeah. I keep forgetting. The crystal ball. And he and, sees it. And he grabs it. He sees it, the white he, tree burning. It's, he's like drawn to it and he grabs it 
Um, and obviously, when he grabs it, Sauron can see him and like read his mind. Or but he whatever. can see a little bit into Sauron. Yeah. So and then Gandalf's like, you know, full of a took, you know, what what are you doing? And takes it off him, and and he's like, I didn't tell Sauron anything, but I did see the White Tree of Gondor burning. So it's like, well, they know the orcs are going to attack Gondor, and or is it a trap? Yeah. And so they Gandalf takes Pippin to Gondor, and Denethor is is has learned of Boromir's death, and Boromir was his favoritist son and he doesn't give a crap about Faramir um and Pippin kind of feels bad about this and pledges his allegiance, allegiance to yeah. uh Denethor and it's Swears like there's an oath of fealty yeah and he's like I'll work as your servant um and I really like all this stuff like it's kind of a medieval thing you kind of yeah. swear to become someone's servant to pay a debt or whatever um, and there's like a camaraderie between Pippin and Faramir, um, and there, and then Far- and then Denethor is like tells Faramir to, yeah. So Osgiliath falls to the orcs, yeah, which is a really cool, violent scene with all the orcs killing the guy. Yeah, also uh, there was more. There was more like bloody violence. Yeah. in this one. I think. I think I only really remember seeing one there's, sort of actually red bloody type. There, nasty there's, some, there's some. In this there's movie. some choice gore in Two Towers, but I think this movie because there's more battle scenes, it kind of ramps it up. There's also Gothmog, the hideous, deformed uh, orc leader. That's like choice, like really good prosthetic yeah, Peter yeah. Jackson horror movie, like horrible monster like so good um anyway osgiliath falls faramir goes back to gondor is like we're screwed we got to do something and uh denethor's like you know you're you're bloody useless boromir wouldn't fail me like this go back and and faramir's like you we can't go back like we'll get slaughtered and he's like go back and then faramir's like you wish boromir i i died and boromir lived and denethor's like yes (laughs) <laughs> um, and I was wow. like, oh, oh man! And then Faramir goes back to Osgiliath, and all his men get killed, and he almost dies. Yeah. And Pippin sings this, um, oh, yeah, really very sad. Dirge. Yeah, which is I, I really like that scene where it, it's intercut with Faramir's, you know, yeah. suicide run, um, and Pippin singing to Denethor while he's eating. Like oh, that's really like an animal. Like close, like yeah, like all the close-ups school, of him. Old school medieval king type eating. Yeah, with, with his hands. But also, the cherry tomatoes. Yeah. Like, it also yeah. symbolizes. It also symbolizes like the madness consuming him. Yeah, he's like eating all this stuff while people are dying. It's a yeah. very visceral, visceral image. Yeah, and I like yeah. it. Faramir comes back. He's wounded, and they think he's dead. So Denethor loses his mind, and the, the orcs march on Gondor. And he he he, lo- he looks out and he sees hundreds of thousands of orcs and he sees his Faramir is dead and Boromir is dead and he he loses his mind and he tries to burn uh, Faramir on like a funeral pyre yeah with along him. with and himself then, yeah. yeah and then Pippin has to fight his way through the city which is being overrun by orcs yeah. which is cool because Gandalf comes to save him and he's doing this cool stuff with his staff and yeah. his sword um, and Pippin ends is you know, scared, but then he ends up, you know, killing some orcs with his sword. Yeah. And he and and he runs back to Faramir and pushes him off the pyre as it's burning. Um and uh Denethor, who's covered himself in oil to commit suicide, catches fire and like runs out so onto dark. the Yeah, it's so cool. Um 
and like he runs out off that cliff thing on off the edge of the city and he's yeah. like on fire and he's falling screaming it's so epic so well done it's like a t- oh it's like a shakespearean tragedy yeah. in a way yeah it is also there's that awesome scene where um gandalf is riding back up the steps of gondor with pippin on the back of shadowfax and the nazgul witch king lands yeah. on his i think they're called a fell beast it's one of those dragon things that they ride mm. And he lands the fell beast, and he um, lights his sword on fire. Yeah, he he just he yeah he just yeah, raises, he just sword raises it and it catches on fire. Oh, so cool. And he's like he's like Gandalf, I have magic too. You know, you're doomed. <laughs> and Gandalf's like, G-hoo-y. and then and then he um he uses the witch king uses the magic to destroy Gandalf's staff, right? And it just obliterates yeah. it. It's so cool. Um, and then. That's when Aragorn, I think, brings the army of the dead. And someone that, cuts the Felby's head off. By the way, don't forget about that. Oh, we'll talk about that as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but that that stuff's really cool. Well, I mean, should we talk about how, how much time we got? Should we go off here and then come back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. We'll be back in a um, sec. You are back on the Tuesday review. We're back. Um, so we were talking about. Um, the battle at the end or throughout most of the movie i mean most of this movie is the war for middle earth like you know the the uh sort of deci- decisive battle against sauron's yep. uh, dark forces the combination he's yeah, yeah he's been amassing them for the first two movies and now we get to see them in action um and of course we see how the men only have uh you know Rohan and a few outlying kingdoms and so King Theoden has to kind of spread his forces out to to try to amass reinforcements and then they camp out on the edge of Mordor um, or near Gondor um, and they only only have a few thousand men and they won't gain much more and the you know the orcs are outnumber them Endless. and you've got yeah and you've got the east eastern armies and all the um other dark armies that uh sauron has amassed and so elrond who um so elrond so Ar- arwen is dying because the magic's going out of the world and she has decided to stay in the world of men um instead of going with the elves to the undying lands and so she's dying um and uh Elrond brings um she she tells she tells him to reforge the sword right Elrond yeah yeah Arwen tells her father uh, uh Arwen tells her father Elrond to reforge the Isidore's sword um which I wrote down the names cuz it was cool but I can't remember off the top of my head cuz I'm bad with the the names um but Oh yeah, so the sword was called Nasil, and yeah. then they reforge it, and it becomes Anduril. Which I, I mean, Tolkien names are the best. Like yeah. everything means something. There's always different. There's several different names, several which different is smart origins. too. Because once you reforge it, it's technically it's, it's that, a it's different that, sword. Yeah. It's that argument we had when we were talking about One Division, where it's the like ship, yeah. the, the ship um, argument. It's like yeah. it's rebuilt. Is it still the same sword? Yeah. Um, and Elrond brings it to, which uh, also I think happened in Fellowship in the books, if I'm not mistaken. But obviously Peter Jackson, um, I think rightly leaves it till the end where it's like Aragorn has to reclaim his throne. And so Elrond gives him the new sword and he's like, use this. 
and go into the are they called the dead mountains or am i just making that up uh, but he goes into the mountains and um for the ghost boys says, yeah because there's all the they ghost haven't got boys enough they haven't, they haven't got enough swords yeah there, there was yeah there was a an army of men who pledged their allegiance to to Isildur, i think and then when the time came to fight they all ran off and so they were cursed to roam the world forever as ghost boys until they are the dead men of Dunharrow. yeah until Un- until, until they, they fulfill, fulfill their oath, their oath. Yeah. and so uh, aragon goes into the mountain uh with gimli and legolas and no one who goes in ever comes out alive and they go in and it's super creepy and very Peter Jackson horror movie great stuff and the ghosts look amazing. That's what yeah. we're talking about. We're talking about off air. It's it's like it's so good because they're just actors that they just put a transparency yeah, CG it, type it's, effect it's, on. It's or? great practical uh, prosthetic makeup effects and then they use like a CG filter to make them look transparent or ghostly and green and cool. But they're and not so, CG. It's exactly. amazing. So, whereas if they made that movie now, they would all be mocap oh, yeah. or all CGI and it would look terrible. And anyway, they're, they're going to attack and kill Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas. And yeah, Aragorn pulls out the sword and is like, fulfill your oath and I'll let you... Let you, you, let, know, you uh, yeah, let you... Yeah, let you live yeah. or let you rest, yes. you rest in yeah. peace. And the ghost boys are like, hell no. And then like... The, the the cave breaks open, all these skulls come out, and I was like, whoa, this is pretty gnarly. Um, and then they escape the cave, and the like the king of the ghosts army is like, all right, we'll we'll do it. Um, and so the the ghosts board the one of Sauron's army, like yep. the the boats, and, and they also they're like a they're like a living moving mince machine. Yeah, it's like a swarm of insects. They just, just like, devour it's everything. So yeah, cool. it's yeah. so it looks so good. Like the battles in this movie, but when the ghost boys come, um, and so they like Gondor is being overrun by orcs. They're almost it's it's a lost battle. Yeah, they have uh, cave trolls and. Um, uh, catapults and like all sorts of crazy stuff going on and Gondor Gondor is about to fall um, and then at the last moment um, the ghost boys come off the ship and like they have this like swarm it's like a wave of ghosts yeah and they just it's wreck. like they're a liquid like they yeah, just sort of they just destroy everything. all of Sauron's army and it's so cool um, yeah and Meanwhile, on the battlefield, you have the Oliphants, which are like huge woolly ma- mammoth, you know, even bigger, like King nah, Kong-sized, like, yeah, like, like 50 massive, feet elephants. Yeah, with huge tusks, and they're just wrecking, wrecking all of the armies of men. And then you have that, I mean... I don't know if it's iconic, but I feel like it's that, like, you, everyone remembers the scene of Legolas climbing up yeah. the arrows on the... Um, the olifant and like you know, swashbuckling. Like, yeah, he like cuts the the reins on the on the top, so all the guys fall off, and then he like shoots three arrows into the olifant's head and kills it. It's like it's like the ATATs from Star Wars. It's like it's very similar. Down. It's very similar. Yeah. Some of the sort of the the yeah. fighting with the yeah. olifants is very and, similar and, to and, the and uh, Gimli ad-ads. and Gimli and Legolas are still playing the counting game where it's like how many have you killed and he and then Gimli's like that still only counts as one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, w- one thing I want to mention is that 
you know, we talked about in the last couple episodes how you know there's there's a lot of CGI in these movies, but they usually only use it when they really have to for big crazy things. Um, and one of the things like Return of the King is definitely where they use it the most because it's got the most battles, the most creatures, and so on. Um, and it that's where it's like you can start to see it's getting a bit much, but I think it still has so many practical elements and still shot and choreographed so well that it still I think works really well and you don't get that same overuse of CGI you do in a lot of modern movies where your eyes kind of glaze over and there's just stuff CGI stuff flopping around the screen and also I like how the only one who does crazy over the top CGI stuff is Legolas because he's an elf yeah so you know in in fellowship he jumps on the cave troll and shoots in the head in in um two towers he slides down the stairs on his um shield, shield surfboard. I, also, I also like it because it's, it's always he's a wood elf exactly he's less and refined in, and yeah he's a little and, bit more and, rough and yeah ready. and in return of the king he's like jumping on the elephant and so i like how you know because all the other characters the dwarves and the men don't do that you don't see aragon and gimli like turning into cgi guys and flipping and doing all kinds yeah. of stuff so i like how they just keep it to legolas because that makes sense for an elf to be that nimble agile, agile. Yeah. yeah um yeah and so that's going on and then in the middle of it so uh mary had ha- so mary and eowyn have been forbidden by king theoden to join the battle He's like, you know, this is no place for halflings and women. He's like, you guys stay behind. But Eowyn wants to fight. And Mary, again, like we said, like the hobbits come such a long way. Mary wants to fight as well. And so um, Eowyn does like a Mulan thing and puts on a helmet and pretends to be a soldier and grabs Mary and like, come with me and we'll stick together and we'll fight together. And so they're like fighting orcs and it's pretty cool. And we get the cheesy yeah. iconic line. Yeah, and then the the Witch King land like Witch King lands and does the yeah, the the fell beast grabs King Theoden and his horse and like throws him and he gets crushed. crushed and he, yeah. yeah, crushes King Theoden. And then um the fell beast is gonna eat King Theoden with the the Witch King uh on it. Um and then Eowyn steps in between them and he's like she does she cut off she cuts off the fell or someone else cuts off the head who cuts off the head i can't remember oh my god i don't think it's her i'm old (laughs) i can't remember three days ago yeah Um, but yeah someone cuts off the head and then um the witch king comes down and he's got that huge like mace weapon on a chain it's crazy and flail yeah he's flying around and and erwin grabs a shield and uh, he hits the shield and it like breaks her arm, um, and he and he's like, um, no, man no man can, can kill me. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I oh. am no man. She takes and the then helmet. I am no man. Yeah, and then <laughs> but then and then Mary like stabs the witch king in the leg, and he's like, owie, <laughs> and then uh, that gives Eowyn a chance to stab. Uh, the Witch King in the, in the head, void, which he's also got that really cool, um, yeah, me- metal, black metal cra- like, like crown yeah. helmet thing. That's that was so metal. Um, and he gets stabbed in the face, yeah, in the void face. Yeah. Now, it, like 
this scene's always been awesome for me and it's still awesome. But I was thinking about it. I'm like, they established that ring race can't be killed by mortal weapons. That's correct. And I like I I never even thought twice about it. But apparently in the book, it's a magic sword or something that Eowyn uses. And I thought, I know there's a whole bunch of stuff that Peter Jackson couldn't put in the movies and that would just take up too much time. But I thought a good way to do it while still having the same amount of screen time and not having to introduce new elements is having Mary stab the Witch King and then him dropping his magic sword, which we've already seen destroy Gandalf's staff, so we know it's powerful. Yeah, yeah. And he then Aowen the grabs it up, and, and then yeah, yeah. grabs the magic sword, and then plunges it in, and then that's what kills him. He's killed by his own magic sword. That's the same amount of steps, while still explaining how the Ringwraith is destroyed. Okay, so this is from a Reddit thread. Yeah, and this is uh, this is from um, J Jask. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, but credit goes to this person. <laughs> The whole thing about not being able to be killed by man is more of an exaggeration. When Angmar fell and the Witch King got away, Glorfindel, uh, from the books, of course, I don't think Glorfindel's in the movies. Or, no. Uh, oh, if he is, he's not named. It's like a Silmarillion kind of character. Yeah. Uh, prophesized that he will never be killed by man. This is the same as running away, stealing my phone, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Technically, you can kill him. It's just hard. The reason why the Witch King died in the books is this. Sauron gave the Witch King loads of power. Um... Hobbits acquire the ancient Barrow swords in the books. Yeah, um, so that's not which were made movie. which were made long ago to combat the power of the wraiths. Merry had this sword and stabbed him. Think yeah. of it as disrupting the magic a magic shield, and then Eowyn uh, so uh, when, delivers the so final when, yeah, blow. So when Merry cuts him, that's what gets rid of his magic, yeah. and so Eowyn can. Yeah, because the, the hobbits have the yeah. special swords in the books, but they yeah, don't but have them in the, the movies. movies yeah, it's not. in I guess, the movies I guess, they kind of gloss over this fact, yeah. and they I guess they ins- when, the, there's the insinuation that a face blow is enough to finish yeah. him off. Which, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if you really wanted to... I mean, it's not important. It's not a big deal. But if you really wanted to explain it just within the canon of the movie without any outside, the fact that she wasn't a man like <laughs> yeah. could, could have been the <laughs> uh, thing yeah, that broke prophecy, the magic spell. If it's a prophecy, it'd be like, no man will kill you. It's like, well, yeah. she's, it, the, you know, it's a exactly, woman that kills it's, him. It's, so a, ho- it's a hobbit here. and a woman who kills him. Not so a it's man. Not, yeah. been really Maybe cool? the magic only worked against mortal men and elves. You know what would have been really cool? Dwarf if man. there was a short scene where Aragorn was blessing the swords. <laughs> or Gandalf, yeah. Or Gandalf. And then, and then you could say, oh, well, it was yeah. blessed. And yeah. then, you know, it's I mean, low magic. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm saying, it's, like, it's not a big deal. It's no. not a deal. It's just watching, you know, it's, it's still those, a great it's scene. Like a con- and it's like a continuity issue. Yeah, Eowyn finally gets to do something. Um, but yeah, it was just one thing I was thinking about. I was like, they could have easily explained it in another way. Yeah. But yeah, it's a cool scene. Um, I guess we should, before we run out of time, we should talk about like Frodo and Sam's actual, you know, journey, most important <laughs> journey, which is why this whole... Uh, series exist is to get the ring to Mount Doom and destroy it. Yeah, and Sam really shows his colors as the real hero yeah, of the trilogy. Yeah, and Sa- Sam's the real hero of these movies. He's the, he's the only one who really the whole time keeps his sort of, yeah. uh, you know, f- keeps the faith, basically. Yeah. And because Gollum, le- Gollum is leading Frodo and Sam into Mount Doom, and obviously Gollum wants to kill Frodo and take the ring back for himself. And Sam knows this, known, has known this for, for the, from the beginning, but Frodo wants to trust Gollum because he pities him and he realizes that 
That's they, the, yeah, that's what him, the ring him and does. Gollum have this strange ring yeah. bearer bond. Yeah, it's like that's what the ring the ring corrupts you, and it's yeah. like it, it's like he feels bad for him. He's like it's not his fault. He's that way, you know. He's an addict. But he probably also thing. knows that that's what he could become as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And so Gollum leads Frodo into Shelob's lair, which is a giant spider. Yeah. Which is awesome, and still stands up twenty years later. And so that's it's a really that's we a really were, scary like we were, horror movie. We were talking scene, about yeah. this. It's like there's so much just cool shit. Yeah. In Lord of the Rings, like to- Tolkien is like Sorry. Tolkien is like, I I know he didn't invent all a lot of this no. stuff, but he just put all the coolest stuff in. Yeah, in the book still. Like this, yeah. this is the coolest stuff. It's and like, it's like, like when, when you think in? Of, oh, then a giant spider. Yeah, when you think them. of fantasy, you think of all these elements together in this kind of way. You think of yeah. Tolkien's version of fantasy. But yeah, so the the spider's like going to kill him and he escapes. He uses the the, the light of the star that Galadriel yeah. gave him um, and he escapes. But then Shalob sticks him with her stinger paralyzes Frodo and she wraps him up in a web and then Sam the real hero comes and f- like fends her off with Sting he grabs Sting the sword and he fends her off and it's awesome but then the orcs come take Frodo they're gonna eat him but then they all start fighting each other trying to claim his mithril vest yeah um, and so they're all in fighting and then uh, Sam uh we should almost also mention that Frodo is so corrupted by the ring and blinded that he tells Sam to F off. Yeah. He's like, you know, I don't trust you anymore. You know, get out of here. I have to do this on my own. Yeah. And But Frodo realizes that Gollum is, you know... Means him ill will. Tricksy and false, to use Gollum's <laughs> yeah. own, own words. Um, and goes back to save Frodo. Saves Frodo from the orcs. They dress up as goblins. They infiltrate... Um, Mount Doom. Meanwhile, the Sauron's eye, which is looking over everything, um, is pinpointed on them and he's going to find them. But Aragorn and the armies of men decide to ride on Mount Doom, even yep. though they think Frodo's dead. Yeah. Because they're like, if he is alive, we got to give him yeah. a chance. We got to, you know. And if he's dead, well. Yeah, we got to basically just cause a distraction. And yeah. if he's dead, we got to just fight tooth and nail until. You know we can't anymore. Yeah, and so they march on, on the Black Gate, where we get that cool extended, um, extended version scene, yeah, which is the in the voice. theatrical with the the mouth of Sauron. Um, it's just like, like a, a big cool CGI mouth yeah. guy, who's creepy. Which is cool. I kind of yeah. love. And then Aragorn just cuts off his head. He's like, I've had enough of this guy. I kind of love how in, in in Lord of the Rings, uh, how Sauron, you just don't see him. Yeah, you know I mean, he's like I, mean, the over- I think what's so great about the opening scene of Fellowship is m- making Sauron just this huge, like, metal guy. Like, he's just this huge, like, spiky guy with a huge mace. Yeah. Just sm- I like how in the Fellowship, he just, I think it's elf warriors or something, he just smacks them and they all go like bowling yeah, pins. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, but then you, after that, it's like he, he becomes the eye. Like, he's just yeah. a magic force who... Like a like a, ne- like a he, negative, yeah. he like negative energy. Back, yeah, he will come back corporeally if he gets the He's ring. Like, if he gets you know, the ring. I mean, not to go on a tangent, but what I really like about the fifth element is the real villain is Mister Shadow, that kind of black force that you never see. Like you just hear him speaking, and it's like so creepy. Anyway, um, yeah, and so and then Aragon gives that epic speech, and yeah. then they all march, and there's a huge battle, 
and and Aragon is going to get crushed by a troll, and again they're at the you know the the their last their last stand. Yeah, and then Frodo and Frodo collapses and like can't, says I can't go anymore, and Sam. Yeah, I might not be able to yeah. carry the ring, but I can carry you. I can carry you and then carries me. <laughs> I'm like, yay, Sammy boy. Yeah, and then they go, they get to the the, the lava pit, the fires. And then Mount Frodo's Doom. like, nah. Frodo's about to throw it in. He's like, nope, it's mine. Well, it's mine. Why, Why shouldn't, shouldn't I? I? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. His <laughs> um, own Bilbo moment. Yeah, but then Gollum jumps out and like tries to get it off him. and But uh, Frodo puts it on, so he goes invisible. And so Gollum jumps on him and he's like floating around the air like there's no one. Bites the ring off. And then he bites the ring off, which is, again, like, I feel like if this movie were made now, I think even the the early 2000s, PG-13 movies were very safe and kid-friendly. But I think now it's got even further... Where the further we go along, the more accustomed to violence be, we are, but would, the less there seems to be... Yeah. It, it would be MA for frightening scenes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very... <laughs> Nothing in particular. It's very... <laughs> just, but, like, just the biting of the finger and the bleeding, yeah. like... I, it, like, this, these three movies are super okay for most kids to watch. Like But also, as we've discussed, there's a lot of horror scenes, a lot of gore. And like I said, because it's against mostly orcs and creatures, and because their blood isn't red... It's this, the senses are like, oh, it's okay. But there are a lot of like human, like, you know, fatalities. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I feel like if this movie were made today, like the most we'd get is like whatever we get in the Marvel movies, which is a little bit, but not a lot. Not impactful violence. Exactly. And yeah. it's yeah, it doesn't have that same feel. And it's, Violence still feels very real in these movies. Yeah, and it's like I said in the early episode where the, the actual combat, like where they're trying to kill each other with swords, like there's this kind of really... It's also, it doesn't seem overly choreographed. Yeah. It seems like people fight... Like the reason I love the original Star Wars movies... Exactly. ...is like when... when well, well, I mean, we, we, we had this exact same discussion, I think, in the Fellowship episode, but I said in, in the original Star Wars, there's definitely more of a classical fencing style yeah. and so there is a sort of choreographed nature to it but it does feel heavy and they are trying to kill each other and in Lord of the Rings it does have that kind of scrappy nature of like yeah. you know they're trying to, and the, the swords are broadswords and they're heavy and they're trying to kill each other whereas as again I'm going to repeat myself as, as I always do if this movie were made today more CGI more flippy floppy more martial arts fighting and yeah. it would suck and, and uh, uh, probably a shaky like, cam. I, I love stuff as too. much as we all love martial arts fighting. It has a time. It has. There, a time. Oh there, yeah. There, there's no room for it in Middle Earth. Yeah. <laughs> like even Legolas jumping around, like he he never does kung fu. No, that's right. You know, it's um, just athleticism. Yeah. But um, yeah. So Gollum, I guess Gollum technically destroys the ring. If you think about <laughs> it, because <laughs> Gollum, Gollum fall he falls off the cliff. He almost takes Frodo with him, but I think Sam grabs him. Yep. And then Gollum falls in, and then the ring melts into the lava. Gollum's the real hero. And then (laughs) (laughs) that's why they're making the Gollum video game. Is this the new like Cobra Kai esque 
sort oh, of theory. Yeah, he was... Now, Gollum's the hero oh, all along. What, are you gonna, the, 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 the thing so, I'm the going to destroy Sauron. the ring, Precious. Smeagol took over at the last minute what, and was like, we have to destroy what, the ring. Uh, and they'll have this whole... What, what they'll, a, they'll have this reshot. What about, oh, the, yeah, yeah. what about the young Saruman diaries? Oh, like no. a, a young Saruman who's... like he's, he, he wasn't a ba- that bad of a guy. Just so some bad it, stuff happened to him. If it, gets, if it gets bought by Disney, you know what they did with Maleficent? They turned her into like yeah, a misunderstood. they'll do that. It'll be like, actually, Morgoth was in a bag all along. Sauron and Saruman were like buddies in school and they got bullied and so they came yeah. up with a pact of like we'll yeah, get back like a, at these and it's guys. also it's a grey area <laughs> oh no but yeah so here's where we come to the point where I feel like this is a it's a running joke and I guess I don't know what other u- word to use for it but it's like the multiple endings which I've never really had a problem with I can understand why people make fun of it or whatever but so we got um so Sauron is defeated, the ring is destroyed, and his eye explodes in the tower, and there's a huge shockwave, which is a really cool effect. And then all his ar- all his armies of darkness are destroyed. Um, we should say just for, for backstory. I yeah. don't know if we talked to back uh, backstory just for context. context. I don't know if we mentioned this in Fellowship or the Two Towers review. Uh, what the ring actually does. Um, and this ties into the reason that the shockwave disrupts his armies and his forces. Yeah, is because the ring, essentially, it has while well, having Sauron's power in it, it has different effects depending on the race, but it all does similar things more or less. And it essentially allows you to dominate, or it improves yeah, your ability I, I to think command. The, the explosion of the but eye has nothing to no, do with the, the power of the ring. It has to do with the the essence. And spirit of Sauron, his power is focused into that. Yeah, no. So what happens when the ring's destroyed? Yeah. is the darkness that was a f- that was a part of his forces. Yeah, from the creation of his forces, yeah. that was like a infecting his forces gets displaced. Exactly. And as we discussed, the ring is the symbol for magic in this universe. And if it's destroyed, all the ma- magic. Yeah, and those dissipated. those forces. Yeah, being bad. Yeah, in uh, bad apparitions of magic, whatever you want to. F- yeah. Uh, frame it um, essentially get affected by its destruction exactly. destruction yeah so Frodo and Sam are, are like on the edge of Mount Doom which is now corrupting yeah. and collapsing um, and they're they're ready to die together and then it f- like fades to black and it's like in the cinema I was like what <laughs> you know I remember watching it going like what and then it fades back in and then the eagles come eagle and boys. it's like eagle boys yeah and then they grab um Frodo and Sam and save them. And then I think it fades to black again. And then it fades up and then Frodo awakens in Rivendell. And that's when everyone, all the fellowship come in yeah. and they're all like, it's all slow motion. They're hu- hugging and laughing and people make fun of like it. But it's a great scene. And it's a great, te- like, like the, it's like the weight goes off your shoulders after yeah. this whole journey. You know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And yeah. then Sam comes in and they look like exhaling. Yeah. They look lovingly at each other and everyone makes jokes, but it's so cool. And they, they're like, yeah. And they're dancing on the bed and it's so, it's so cool. It's wholesome. Yeah. And then I think of fates of black again. I think the fates to black is what people have a problem yeah. with is because it feels like it's ending and then it starts again. Um, you think it would have been better with a hard cut? <laughs> oh man, Star Wipe. <laughs> <laughs> or they could have done a Star Wars, just lots of different wipes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you could have done different ways, but I, it's not really a problem. But it didn't bother it's me. Not, yeah. And then you have uh, Aragorn's coronation. Yeah, very epic. emotional scene. Aragorn sings in that, which is very Tolkien esque, which is cool. 
Arwen comes back and she's fine now. And she has, because she has a vision of her son with Aragorn. Um, and that's why she decides to stay. Because she's like, even though he'll die and I'll keep living. Although technically, I think they, I mean, I have to, I have to read the books. But they, they hint that she'll become mortal as well. They hint that, but I think that's more of an effect of magic leaving the land. Yeah, true. I think it's like what was yeah. magical will and become she, mundane. She, she might also still live longer than him, even if she becomes mortal. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's notes somewhere about that, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, and then the, everyone's happy, and then there's that epic scene of all the, everyone bows to the newly yeah, my friends, king, you better know one, and then the hobbits cheese. bow. Yeah, he's like, nah, but come on, no, cheese. so yeah, it's, it's the best. Ten though. out of it's ten. The best. And it makes so much sense. Like the whole movie's been about crowning Aragorn. He's the 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 long forgotten king. He's gonna bring peace back to Middle Earth. Um, but the real heroes were those little the hobbits, unassuming hobbits from the Shire who didn't want to leave the comfort of their own home. Like Bilbo, Bilbo didn't want to leave, and he became the hero of the story. Um, and then they go back to the Shire. Frodo writes his memoirs, part of the book. Yeah. It's just and I think we made this joke off air. Like all his memoir is yeah, yeah. no ring. We said that last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No yeah. ring makes Frodo a dull boy. <laughs> they didn't let me put it on. They didn't let me put it on. <laughs> yeah, and then that Frodo just Frodo and Bilbo. Bilbo now is very old because he yeah. the ring no is no longer sustaining. I do like that scene where they're riding in the cart and Bilbo's like, "Do you have that old ring of mine?" Yeah, and Frodo's like, "Sorry, Uncle, I lost it." And he's like, "Oh, it's a shame. I would have liked to see that ring again." Because you just know if he if he <laughs> told Bilbo that he destroyed it, Bilbo would have tried yeah, to kill him. Yeah, like he would have done. Would have had that face. Yeah, again. that face again. But I like that the look on Frodo's face. You can see him like screaming internally, but also like <laughs> it's just like ah, oh, it's just <laughs> it's done now. Yeah, it's so. And then they they go off with the elves, and Sam decides to stay, and he finally marries his crush Rose, and they have kids, and it's a happy ending. And, and eventually, he leaves to go to Frodo. In the book, in the yeah. book, yeah, don't, super weird, super the, weird. Yeah, but we, we, we it talked, we talked about this off air. Bros before her. No, it ties into <laughs> yeah. the war but, thing but as well, though. No, I think I, no, no. I, no, I, I mean, at, like the, as, the the dealing with PTSD yeah, we, we did, issue. Yeah, we had and we had that the PTSD, but we also had this long discussion in the middle of this episode about Tolkien's like he his experiences in the war and in life bled into his work, even yeah. if he didn't want it to. And I feel like, like I said last week with the whole brotherhood of war, it's about these men bonding. Yeah, it's funny because if, if it didn't, why would Frodo have been so damaged by his experiences that he had to leave? Yeah. And same with um, Sam to Sam a lesser the book, extent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, something to yeah. think about. But yeah, it's interesting that like, yeah, I feel like the whole movies are built around that brotherhood. It, yeah. It's about the fellowship of the ring. Like, yeah. You know, and, yeah. And, and uh, like... The mo- the movies capture, I think that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, I think we talked about we we kind of went f- through the movie from start to finish. I'm sure we missed a whole bunch of stuff, but I like I want to kind of talk about some things, just like in general about Lord of the Rings. Um, and this is something I wanted to leave till this part where we have we have a bit of time left. Callum, do you want to go on a rant about Tom Bombadil? No. This, this is your time. Well, no. So the, the, the only <laughs> thing I'll say is a lot of, a lot of the... 
a lot of the purists... Should we, ex- should we explain who Tom Bombadil yeah. is? So a lot of purists were upset that a character from the books was not included in the films. Um, it makes sense tonally for him not to... It's, look, it makes so much sense that he was As cut much out. as I have joked in the past about being mad, yeah. he has no place... In the f- there's no place for him in the movies. Yeah. Tom Bombadil uh, is a creature in the books. He looks like a hobbit though, doesn't he? No, like, more like a man. Looks like a man big with a bushy beard. beard yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, he essentially, he has no, there's no explanation for him. Yeah. He's older than the universe. Um, the, he's, he, yeah, he just appears in yeah. the forest, like singing songs and prancing around. And he kind of does his own thing and he's, yeah. he's basically godlike in nature. Yeah. Um, but the whole purpose for him existing is there to be unexplainable mystery. Yeah. Um, and that's what Tolkien's even, Tolkien stated. He doesn't like explaining Bombadil because there is no explanation. Yeah, there, there's some even, things, in, even in this world of magic, there still has to be still, something that yeah, is unknowable. Which I really like that idea. Yeah. I, li- um, I like the story though. I like, I haven't read the book, but I like how it says Tom Bombadil looks at the ring. He plays with it. He's like, eh, it's a nice ring. It's okay. He yeah. puts it on the table. He's like, I don't care. He's nonplussed. Yeah. yeah. Cause to him, it's like, if you're a God, what is this ring yeah. made by a dem made by a demi, uh, an angel basically. It's like, yeah. well, pff. <laughs> anyway, uh, the the fascinating the only fascinating thing about Bombadil uh, is at the very end of the book after the like at the after the war after mm. the wars won, uh, Gandalf's like, oh well, I better go talk to Tom, Tom, Tom Bombadil about this. Yeah, and then it's never mentioned again. I thought that's cool because I'm like, well, yeah. I want to know what that conversation looks like. Yeah, but like, uh, does like, magic leaving the land? Yeah. How's that going to affect think, Bombadil? Yeah, I think mystery and like the unknown is what makes life exciting. Oftentimes, when you get the answer, it's never yeah. as satisfying as like kind of speculating. That's and, right. Yeah, you know. So, um, but yeah, I, this it's he he would not have been a good addition to the movie. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have made sense. Um, and I think this ties into a point I wanted to talk about, which, and I, I think I ranted on a long time about last week, how, you know, the adaptation, obviously Peter Jackson had to change a lot of things, add things, take take a lot of things away, streamline things, modernize things. Um, and it is the definitive live action Lord of the Rings. I don't think we'll ever get anything close to it ever again. No. And we, we've discussed many a time as to why that is. And like we said, lightning and bottle uh, movies like the, this will never be made in the same way again. Studios would not take the risk, no way. Um, but in saying that, I would like to see a animated adaptation that is almost one to one to the books. That'd be great. Maybe like one season a, a a book. That'd be great. And not even like full like episode season. Maybe like, I don't know six episodes. You know. And, you know, ha- have it be more, yeah, more a straight adaptation of the books. You maybe using Tolkien's art style, like his own sketches and stuff as a, or, or Ghibli. using, yeah, like a, a studio Ghibli Ghibli style or using, there's a famous uh, artist called Alan Lee, who did a lot of illustrations for, Tolkien, like who brought his world to life and who Peter Jackson consulted when making Lord of the Rings. And if you look up Alan Lee's uh, Lord of the Rings artwork, you can see inspiration for the movies, but also it has its own distinct style. That's not obviously, that's not influenced by anything else. Um, So it'd be really interesting to have a, an adaptation that's close to the books 
has more of the songs, you know, and that, and also has a unique visual style. They can't just do a Netflix cheap anime, you know. <laughs> now, Netflix anime is not even anime anymore, man. They it's CG. Yeah, but even like you know, I really like the Castlevania Netflix yeah, show, but like, but that, like an, that that animation is definitely like on the quick and cheap side, obviously, because animation costs a lot and takes a long time. If they were to do this adaptation, they would have to spend a lot of time. They would have to spend almost as much money as they would have on a live action movie. If they were going to do it properly as a really detailed 2D animation. And this is one of the reasons it's never going to happen and why the live action Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies are so definitive is because this is just a pipe dream. This is just me going like, I would like another adaptation if it could be done in a unique style closer to the books, but it'll never happen. And that's just another reason. That's just another feather in the cap to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy as to why it's so definitive because we'll never get anything else close to it. Look, in all the multiverses that exist and all the parallel realities that exist, we are lucky enough to live in one that has Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Yes. Uh, In in a world where everything's gone to hell (laughs) and just... And we say this a lot on this show. There's still good media to be entertained. Yeah, there's a a couple of good things. Um and yeah this this is one that hasn't been tainted in the same way that Star Wars has been tainted you know like cuz that's the thing like the Hobbit movies sucked but at the like the Lord of the Rings movies you've got the it's theatrical a versions story. you've got the extended version you, you know can what it get is them as well? on it's like it doesn't matter so much if the Hobbit movies suck because they're before the Lord of the Rings movies so it's not like you're tarnishing the greatness yeah, of Lord of the Rings but, but, but also it's self-contained but anyway to exactly yeah. also as I'm as I was saying like you know, the theatrical versions and the extended versions of Lord of the Rings are available in DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K. Yeah. M- multitudes of special features, different releases. Um, you can choose which version you want to watch. You know, whereas Star Wars, not only has it been tainted by prequel, sequel, spin-offs, and all that uh, meddling with the lore and, what, and characters and whatever, but there's also the fact that you just can't watch... The theatrical versions, they the, the 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 they they categorically deny that it even exists. Except that, that there was an auction. Uh, it was like a charity benefit where they actually yeah. reluctantly got one out of storage, yeah, and apparently it was one of the most amazing things the audience of had course, ever seen. Of course, it was. <laughs> but you know that's what I'm saying is Lord of the Rings doesn't have that same yeah. tainted. Oh, and also on top of that, you have the books. So you know, and some really classic video games. Video yeah. games as well, a lot of good video games, you know. So it doesn't have that same, the same baggage. And we'll see after the Amazon Net Lord of the Rings maybe TV it's set series in the comes Eastern out. Kingdoms, maybe yeah. we will see we'll some s- kung fu wizards. But but yeah, but we'll see how much that taints the legacy. <laughs> I'm hoping it's good. Look, I, if it's thousands of years ago, again, at least at least the Lord of the Rings movies are self-contained. Yeah, but the, the thing is, it's set during the Second Age, which. We see at the start of Fellowship where Isildur defeats Sauron. That that's in the Second Age. The you know the creation of the rings and Sauron. That's all the Second Age, but it's taste taking place in the the eastern part of Middle Earth, which we don't see in the movies or books. All books, yeah. So yeah, it takes place a long time ago and in a different place, but it's still at a time where things are going down. So I, they just have to be careful. Yeah. They can get away with. Um, well, I think we, we we talked about this on the last yeah, episode. Yeah, we talked about maybe, this a while. about uh, El Jefe. 
Neto oh, Jeff Bezos, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, no. But, but he just wants we, to live in we, one of their we, Yeah, but we also talked about a long time ago when they announced the Amazon series and it was going to be, you know, like a billion dollars or whatever. And we're like, this, it's too good to be true. If it's a billion dollars, that has to be mostly practical because why else would you spend that amount of money? Like you could build Rivendell for that. Like why, you know, so I don't think it's going to live up to the hype. I really hope it does. It has a lot of potential, as we discussed before. They can do so much with it, you know, and and you know, doing new characters that we haven't seen before, and that you know, we they don't have to stick to what Tolkien wrote. Well, they they obviously have to be respectful of the world yeah. and not change things, but they can, you know, they ca- can set up a new story exactly. And yeah. so, I mean, I'm excited, but. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, who knows when it's going to come out? Um, I don't know. COVID hurt everything, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's... Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Because uh, it could could go either way. Um, and, you know, as we discussed, a lot of things suck now. And so if they just keep screwing up Lord of the Rings stuff, it's going to be disappointing. But we still have the original trilogy, so... Um, yeah, I mean, we could keep going, but I think we're we've kind of run the course of the discussion. Just yeah, there are a lot of cool video Lord of the Rings video games based on the movies. Um, it would be cool if they could sort of keep maybe they should re-release them. Definitely, they haven't really really released them. Some of them, yeah, them. some of them um, are really hard to find now. Yeah. Like the PlayStation Two era games yeah. were really cool. If I they could get remastered, those, yeah. I'd be really happy with that. Um, you know, the strategy games on PC yeah, are really cool. They were really good, yeah. They um they had what was it? Shadow of Mordor and Shadow, Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor, they're more recent ones. They're recent ones. They're, they're, they're okay. made by EA. They're okay, yeah. but they suffer from I, they suffer from EA. They're very, like, they're some very of the, repetitive. I some of the online servers got shut down, yeah. so it's harder to do so. I played I played Shadow of there was the first one, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, I played Shadow, that yeah. and that that was good, but it started to get repetitive when you Fighting the same orc over and over again, but I do Lego, like Lego Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, the most important. Why are you laughing? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's the most <laughs> yeah. important Lord of the Rings. That's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I, you know, sometimes we always say like, if they can't make the movie, they should make the video game or the comic book. You know? Yeah. It's like I would like to see the world continued on, but we'll see how the the TV series goes. Um, yeah, I think I've rambled on enough. The Tuesday rambles coming to an end. Um, <laughs> I really want to rewatch the movies. I'm, I'm kind of having withdrawals. I'm having so such bad withdrawals that I said, screw it. I'm so busy. I got work. I got movies coming out my ears. I got video games. I got TV shows. I got comic books overflowing. I got novels overflowing in my room. And I was like, screw it. I started reading The Hobbit. Nice. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to read The Hobbit. Lord of the Rings, and then I'm going to try the Silmarillion. Um, it'll probably take me a couple of years, but I'll start it now and and see how it goes. And I'm really enjoying it. Even though I know how The Hobbit goes, it's a really fun book, easy to read, um, and I'm enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, I really want to rewatch the movies. Can't wait for the new special editions with all the special features to come out. I'm going to rewatch it then, rewatch all the uh, special features, and you'll hear me talking about it on every episode. 
and I probably just won't come on the show for months on end because I'm going to be watching behind the scenes. Wait, where's James? He's in Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah, Middle Earth. Deep, deep in Middle <laughs> Earth. He's made his room look like a... A, a um, hobbit's uh, little... The, the hobbit the, hole. A hobbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll paint my door green. <laughs> um, one more thing and then we'll end because I know Callum's about to fall asleep. <laughs> I, am, I am too. And I'm sick of I'm sick of my own voice, but... Um, this is why we do the show to ramble and ramble on about nerdy pop culture stuff. We talked about there are no good big budget fantasy movies anymore, or there haven't really ever been except for a few choice things. Lord of the Rings being the big prime example. They are planning to make a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yes. Which they are. is yes, but also going to be terrible. Yeah, which, but also no. Is it though? Yes. It, it's, it could be amazing. But you know they're not going to take it seriously. But the problem you know it's going to be full of CGI. The crap. problem with D and D is that it's so and it's so wide broad. Yeah, and it's, it's so broad. Ninety percent of it, it's not really. Yeah. They just buy the license for the Dungeons and Dragons name, yes. and then they just make whatever they want. Exactly, and it'll be the worst CGI, crappy. You know, like uh, I don't want to say Marvel, look, but they'll definitely try for that humor. That kind look, of I, dumb. I get what you're saying. But yeah. Hugh Grant is the villain. But that's what I'm saying. Is Hugh Grant's a great dramatic actor but he's known for his comedy roles for and chris his... pine i'm pretty sure chris pine's gonna be the lead yeah but see this is what i'm saying is this could easily be a marvel style kind of jokey kind of we're in a fun fantasy world but everyone kind of makes jokes and does the re- wink wink <laughs> nudge, so nudge, like nudge, D&D. Nudge. yeah but <laughs> but you when you no, I like, know what you mean. It's you know not going mean. to be like, a proper sword and sorcery exactly. adventure film. Like when you play in D anD D, if you're really into it, you get into the lore and you're like, I'm a tiefling, and he has this best backstory and this, that, and the other. And I feel like the movies is going to be like it's going to be there, like Lord of the Rings is going to be an elf, a dwarf, a guy. Also, there's a chance that you know, prove me wrong, yeah. Hollywood. But there's also a chance that they're not even going to have all the races. There won't be tieflings. Oh, yeah, no, It'll exactly. Be like, but that's what I'm there saying. There might be an elf of some description yeah. and then, like, humans, and then that'll yeah, be it. And then they fight. They might fight a dragon that's controlled what I'm by saying. a sorcerer. It's what I'm saying. Which is will be all CG. Dungeons and Dragons has this uh, whole huge lore and Cosmology all these things to, to choose from. Yeah. And they're, they're just going to go for the easiest option and they're going to make it into a China... Um, you know, jokey kind of adventure CGI crap fest. Um, and they won't take it seriously. And, you know, audiences will probably love it if it's the jokey thing. But if it was taken seriously, they won't love it because it's not Lord of the Rings and people don't generally like fantasy in terms of mainstream no. cinema goers. So they're going to play it safe. They're going to make it the the kind of Marvel yeah. version of, yeah. you know what I mean? No, I do. So yeah. it's not going to be good. But fingers crossed. I hope it's good. But, you know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. But um yeah uh we've had uh, we've had enough I'm going to go play with my tree beard action figure and um yeah we'll we'll maybe be back next week I don't know what we're going to talk about but we'll we'll, we'll figure, figure something figure out. something out not Lord of the Rings but I mean maybe we'll do something fun Yeah um I could keep talking about Lord of the Rings but <laughs> <laughs> I think that's enough all right. Thanks everyone uh like and s- like share and what do you call it subscribe 
review, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast because that <laughs> that that does things. I think. Yeah. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and download stuff. the episode to as many unique devices as you can. Yeah, download on. <laughs> just go to your friends or your parents or whatever and just download. Get our on analytics up. Yeah. We watch the numbers. <laughs> yeah, and rewatch the Lord of the Rings if you haven't. Don't just listen to this yeah. episode and go. Oh, nostalgia. Read the it's book. It's not yeah. nostalgia. It's a great movie. Like Star Wars, it, you can go back to it and it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, and like, you know, these episodes shouldn't have spoiled anything. Oh, really. if you haven't you seen it spo- before. You can't spoil something that just shines. Oh, if you haven't seen it before, do yourself a favor. Damn. Yeah. Like this, listening to this episode does not ruin it. No. It just we makes don't, us we don't do it justice. It yeah. uh, our ramblings do not do anything justice, but especially Lord of the Rings. Alrighty, adios, uh, cousins. Adios.